What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is the long-lost member of the Swedish royal family. I'm talking about no other than Patta Masata, the legendary Swedish skydiver, which today has over 9,000 skydives, plus incredible 5,000 hours in a wind tunnel. He has been a part of the air sport community for over 20 years, and he was one of the first in the world to do free base, which means free flying while base jumping from cliffs. This is the one and only Patar Masata. Patar Masata, welcome to the Extreme Sport Vehicle podcast. Thank you, Andreas. I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you here. How's life? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm uh, in Sweden at the moment, uh, having a little project. We're building a, a van to a customer for her to have in the summertime, driving around. You know, in this pandemic times, you can't travel too much now, so you have to stay inside. Yeah. You know, the country. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because you're a carpenter too, right? You're not just an extreme sport athlete. You're pretty good with your hands. Yeah, I'm having uh, kind of both things. Uh, so um, uh, now in the winter time, I've been home, spending a lot of time in Sweden, and uh, been uh, taking a few of these projects now. So uh, see how that's going to turn out eventually. Yeah, you think that's going to be a career? Ah, uh, maybe not full time career, but uh, maybe. A little bit here and there. I, I see it more as a hobby. I, I really like to work my, with my hands too. So uh, I have yeah. a, like I'm renovating my apartment now too. So, uh, but it's not kind of on hold at the moment because I'm, I'm building the van. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm kind of enjoying that stuff. Yeah, it's quite funny that a extreme sport athlete has a carpentry as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Pata, uh, you've been an uh, experienced world athlete for over 20 years. You have yeah. traveled all over the world and seen and done some of the most crazy things, well, I've ever seen. So um, what made you start extreme sport? Uh, I think yeah, like yeah, it started pretty early. I mean, like I started to ski when I was three years old. And uh, then started to snowboard when I was 12 and uh, did a couple of winter seasons down in the Alps in Val d'Isere and uh, Bargerstein and up in Åre in Sweden and uh, took my uh, skydive license in 2001 because I've been hurting myself so bad on snowboard. So uh, like I'd be breaking every bone I have. So I thought like I, I want to be able to walk when I'm older. So I... Uh, I just picked up skydiving and uh how old yeah, were you at been, that time uh, hmm? how old were you when you started skydiving uh i was 24 yeah 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 and uh so that is uh, uh quite a while ago and um so after you started skydiving how did you like continue down the path that you've been on today uh, in the beginning, I wasn't like going 100% for it. It was just more of a thing that I did in the summertime in Sweden. And um, uh, I took my tandem rating in 2008. 
And uh, during that time, I was in a free fly team, like a con competition team, and um, started to uh, hang out more in Boss on uh, different skydive events there. And um, yeah, it's from there everything uh, like it's like climbing a ladder, you know, like you, you just go a little bit higher and then, oh, it opens up a little bit more. And then you do in different projects with the other athletes and uh, then uh, boom, suddenly you're in the middle of the thing, you know. So it wasn't really something that I planned. It just like kind of merged naturally during the time, during the way. Yeah. So uh, but I would say like yeah, when everything started to uh, to roll it was like around. 2009 probably yeah so after about five years yeah yeah and now you're at how many skydives have you done now the last thing i read was like eight thousand plus is that still yeah correct? like i have uh, close to nine thousand now yeah uh, how the hell do, does anyone get nine thousand skydives <laughs> well it adds up pretty fast when you work in uh, in the sport and you're going to different events you um you get a, quite some jumps <laughs> you know like i'm i'm working on maybe uh, uh eight to ten events per year and uh, during those events i probably do uh at least uh yeah, 25 uh, 30 jumps per event so only the events is like uh pretty big chunk of jumps and then you're doing all the training jumps too so uh it adds up you yeah. know <laughs> it uh, adds up quickly yeah but you also have uh, quite a bit of a tunnel time too yeah i'm well uh, i'm uh started to work in the tunnel in 2010 and uh i've been in uh, instructing for uh two years first in germany in Bottrop. And uh, then I've been uh, freelance coaching since uh, Voss Tunnel opened, pretty much. So I've been freelance coaching since 2012. Yeah. And uh, now I have, uh, I'm not sure how many hours I have in the tunnel. Like if I, if I calculate everything, maybe four or 5,000, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's insane. That's like yeah. a lifetime of flying just inside that tube. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, you you don't only skydive and um, fly in the tunnel. You also do base jumping, wingsuiting, and surfing, and a lot of other stuff. What is your like favorite activity to do? Uh, it depends. Like it's if you have if I've been skydiving a lot, then I kind of enjoying to go surfing for a while. When I've been surfing for a while, I kind of want to go back into uh, the mountains maybe to do some base jumping and uh, combine that with some training and skydiving. Uh, so it kind of depends. Like it's, uh, I, I kind of enjoying all of them. Like uh, it's just like you need to find a, a good balance with it, you know? Yeah. So uh, no, I, I love uh, I love every every part of it. Yeah. Pretty much. I think one of the coolest videos I've ever seen uh, when it comes to uh, extreme sport is the, the free base video from 2009. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just, uh, I just uh, rewatched it just before our conversation here. And um, I mean, the things you were doing back then is uh, the thing 
you guys probably started a new trend at that time. Because I don't think anybody did a, like free flying and bass at that time. No, it was, uh, we were probably, uh, I know people did some head down exits and stuff, but uh, not really uh, free flew afterwards. So I think uh, me and Hovard and Christian, we were uh, one of the first ones that did uh, those things. And then the Soul Flyers uh, picked that up too and started to do their thing, which is super impressive what they did too. Yeah. But uh, now I felt like we we kind of set the standard for <laughs> for for their uh, accomplishments, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, it was fun. It was uh, it was crazy, you know. Like it was, uh, you didn't think too much at that time, you know. If uh, if uh, when I think back now, what we did is like, uh, oof. <laughs> if I would have uh, the knowledge that I have now back then, I'm not sure if. Uh, we probably would have done it, but maybe a little bit more reserved. Yeah. Well, the thing about being like uh, younger and crazier is that you just do, you don't think. And uh, yeah. I think that's how things evolve. If you try, like, it's like all dogs. All dogs don't do like two crazy tricks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but you have, uh, you've been uh, around the world a bunch of times. Do you have like mm. any um, favorite projects that you've done that you think back on? Yeah, like uh, I had this uh, project with Yuki Summer with uh, Free Fly the World. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to have that as a, a Kickstarter for a concept to sell into different uh, actors that uh, want to promote their, uh, their scenery and like advertisement in uh, tourism or whatever, you know, just to, to have a different view of a spot, yeah. a spectacular uh, activity in, in a beautiful spot. So we, we started out in Switzerland uh, and in Lauterbrunnen, the first one. And uh, then we did uh, the second one in Rio in, uh, in Brazil. Yeah. And then we have, we still have, a, we haven't uh, put the project, we have put the project on the side, but we still want to, uh, we have some ideas what we want to do in the future and see if we can gather the crew again and uh, make it happen. But yeah. it was, uh, that was a super fun project uh, and uh, really well planned and... Uh, yeah, and really well executed as well because... I mean, the footage and the, the clips and the scenery and the flying, like everything is like perfectly matched. You guys in yeah. suits and uh, nice shirts. Looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to have a little bit like, uh, I love contrasts, you know, like to have uh, something uh, like that, like crazy or what do you want to call it? And uh, like in a decent kind of like a clean man's way, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that was the thought behind it and um yeah, yeah. we'll see like the, the the what we have in the pipeline is uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reveal too much but uh it, it could it could be pretty cool yeah that's, so stay that, tuned yeah cool <laughs> and that was you and yoke and alex yeah yeah alex is a wizard with a camera 
Yeah, yeah, Satori Factory, Alex Amard, like he, uh, he's one of the best uh, camera flyers in the world when it comes to those things. Like he handles pressure uh, like no one else. And uh, like we had a really good dynamic in the team working together in those cat on jumps. And I think you, it's really important to have that when you when you uh, execute those kind of projects, like to have a nice dynamic, otherwise, especially when it's like, cause we're not using ordinary skydive equipment. We're using base equipment yeah, just for us to uh, get more down to the ground and have uh, more spectacular footage. So yeah. uh, it requires you to, uh, be 120% focused on those kind of jumps and uh, to have the dynamic in the team really is a requirement. Yeah. And what altitude do you pull at, at those jumps? You go low? Oh, it was different, but we, we pull pretty low at some points. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know, maybe 200 meters or something. Wow. That's scary. Uh, uh, well, at least for me, coming from a skydiving background, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, uh, uh, 200 meters, what is it, 600 feet or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, it was, it was a little bit intense, but, like, uh, as I said, you need to uh, trust your your partners. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, it's really important who you're doing it with. Yeah, that's true. So, how do you, how do you make a living from doing skydiving? Uh, most of the income comes from uh, organizing different events and uh, tunnel coaching. Yeah. So those are the big, big, uh, like just like pretty much teaching. Yeah. So the, those are the where I get the most of the income from. Then sometimes when we, if we get good, get good sponsorships on different projects, uh, you can get a little, a little bit like left leftovers from those two yeah but mainly from uh teaching other people to skydive or to tunnel fly yeah do you have any tips for like new people to the sport who have a dream about becoming a professional skydiver or base jumper or just like extreme sport athlete what uh, what kind of steps would you recommend people take to make it a living i think uh it's important not to focus too much that I want to be there, you know? Yeah. I think uh, the most important thing is to just go along with the ride and have fun. Like that, that's the most important thing. Cause if you have fun in doing something, you can get really good at it. Yeah. So, uh, like, cause in, in my case, when I look back, I never had the goal of like, uh, I want to be a professional skydiver. I never had that kind of goal. It's just, Suddenly one day I was just like, oh, oh, here I am, you yeah. know? <laughs> so uh, I think it's important to not be too target locked on the goal. Yeah. And, uh, and just uh, absorb as much as you can during the time or during along the way from uh, different mentors or, or other people in the sports that has been doing it for a long time that has a lot of experience. And just uh, take it all in during during the the path you're walking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Be I, humble. Yeah. Be humble and uh, and listen to uh, to the experienced. Yeah, I made a podcast with uh, David Lafargue, 
and he told me that he was so tired of people like having this like huge goals. He just like, why don't people just have more fun? Everybody's yeah, like think, thinking it's, forward. To so I totally, I, I totally agree with him. Like, yeah, we, we, it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page when it when it comes to that. Yeah. So, what does a, a typical day in your life look like? Uh, it depends what season it is. Like right now, like for for uh, during the winter time now, I've been uh, I'm coaching in the tunnel here in uh, in uh, Sweden and at Body Flight uh, mm. and um, uh, like at least one time a month, or like uh, two weeks a month maybe or a week uh, a month. Yeah, and. Uh, and uh, the, between these times, I've been working, as I said, like I've been working on building this van for a customer. And uh, summertime, it's a typical day would be somewhere in a drop zone or somewhere in the mountain, base jumping or skydiving. And I'm not tunnel flying too much in the summertime because that's the jumping season. But uh Waking up in my van, usually making myself a cup of coffee, take my gear, charging the cameras, go jumping, hang out with friends, having big smiles. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. Nice. That's pretty much it. Yeah. There's a, there's a special, uh, special interest in the van life these days, I think. People like feeling confined due to covid and stuff so they're like oh fuck it i'm just gonna buy a van and sell my house and, and travel so have you been like living the van life yeah i had a, a van now since 2014 I actually sold it uh, like six months ago yeah because uh, i bought a new one that is a little bit bigger but i've been living in that van every summer like uh Every time I take it out from uh, the winter storage, it's like this uh, overwhelming freedom feeling that kicks in. It's like, yes, it's summertime. <laughs> Finally. And uh, just to, to have the feeling of living in, uh, in the vans, this small space and have freedom. You, don't, you never have any like need of finding a hotel or anything. You just have your van and you can sleep wherever you want, you know, yeah. so it's, uh, it's uh, the ultimate uh, freedom feeling for sure. Nice. Are you going to do that this summer as well? Uh, yes. Uh, but it, uh, as I said, like, uh, I, I got, I just got a new van and I, I, I'm, I was supposed to build that during this winter, but now I have this customer. So I'm building yeah. hers instead. So um, I'm going to use my van this summer, but it's not going to be uh, 100% ready. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive around for sure. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So we're going to see you at Excellence with Veco this year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Every year. Except for last year when it was COVID. It was kind of a bummer. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to for sure be there this year. Nice. You remember the first time you went to Veco? Uh... I don't know, like it kind of like merged together with the first times, but because I, I was in Voss uh, before Veco, so it's kind of like I don't really remember the first Veco, but actually I do. I remember we went down uh, to the tent, and I I was uh, amazed how the organization 
put up this whole event with uh, like the the festival area and uh, and uh, and different activities around and like the skydive uh, demos and uh, paragliding demos and uh, like um, that that was kind of like I remember those demos actually the first time I was there with the big Bula Bula flag yeah <laughs> yeah so what's your uh, what's your favorite thing about Echo? Meeting the people, getting experience, experienced uh, people from uh, all different sports, and uh, to see the passion in uh, in uh, in all these different sports, like to and listen to people, what people have for stories about them and what they've been doing and uh, where they are at and what their goals are. Uh, having a beer in the evening and talking shit with them and. Uh, I think yeah, like the not only to um, to to do this like, like to to go skydiving or base jumping, it's more about the meeting, the the, the meeting of people. I feel yeah, because like uh, usually like the the activities I'm doing anyway, and the, this is just like an opportunity to meet these all different people, and you get. Uh, uh, you you get uh, what do you call it inspired inspired by uh, and the curiosity of trying new things. Yeah. So have you ever tried anything else than your own sports at Veco? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been doing uh, uh, river rafting and uh, a little bit of bouldering, climbing. Yeah. Uh, paragliding, speed riding, a uh, little bit of longboarding. Yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, uh, uh, how'd that go? Yeah. I, 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 I actually uh, <laughs> I got caught up in this little gravel thing, so I like kind of like went on my did a face plant, but uh, it was it wasn't too bad, and I didn't have any protection, so I was like after that, okay. If I'm gonna do this, I need to put more protection. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but being a professional extreme sport athlete, you get pretty accustomed to being in like uh, fast-paced environments and like pushing your comfort zone all the time, and not maybe not all the time, but uh, but like on a regular basis. But I would like to hear what what you consider to be extreme. What scares you? Uh, what scares me is when I, when, when I have too much adrenaline, it's just an indication of that I'm not well prepared. Oh. If I'm well prepared, then I, it's not too scary, but I, I'm still scared, like, but like, but in a controlled way. But if I'm scared, like shaking scared, then it's an indica- indication that I'm not prepared. Yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, but I mean, like there's a bunch of scary situations. Like, let's say if I'm, if I'm, uh, working on a skydive event, for example, and, uh, you have a group that you don't know the people in, um, and how they're going to fly, that could be a little bit scary, yeah. you know, 
before you know them. So you need to take it easy from the beginning and build the group up, you know? Yeah. So you're not uh, going like 100% hardcore the first jump. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think uh, you just need to have respect for it in the end of the day. It's, it's easy to lose that when everything is just fun and it's uh, rainbows and unicorns and like, yeah, everybody's skydiving and the sunshine. Yeah. So it's easy to forget that like it's a risky sport you're dealing with. So you need to just have the like the limits of not going too hard. Yeah. Are you good at uh, restraining yourself? I mean, uh, I, I'm getting better and better the older I get. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have? But there's for sure sometimes like I find myself in situations that like uh, when I think about afterwards, like oh man, that was really stupid. <laughs> L- lucky, uh, luckily, it's been I've been okay pretty much so far. Yeah. Do you have any like? Freaky Friday stories, like one one particular uh, incident that you were like, "Oh fuck, I'm not doing that again." Uh, I mean, uh, I have a bunch of uh, freaky stories, but um, uh, especially like. Uh, I think the most freaky stories are from skydiving, to be honest, and like no, not from myself, but like within groups. Yeah, they're like uh, people that falling through the groups and uh, colliding and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, that uh, is the most freaky memories I have. I think. Yeah, because when you look at a, a, a skydiving video where people fly the same speed. It looks doesn't look like it's going too fast, but if you're if you're going on a belly and someone passes you like head up or head down, it looks like Iron Man flying uh, past somebody. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that is uh, for me as well is pretty uh, it's pretty nerve wracking that yeah. if someone like spots wrong or too quick out of the plane, they can actually just like fly through you. Yeah. Obviously, like every, every, like uh, every, everybody's flying relative to each other. So as you say, like uh, it doesn't feel like it's going. Uh, it feels pretty mellow when you see it. Yeah. But imagine if you're like driving on the highway full speed and you're passing cars. It doesn't feel like you're passing them too fast because you're driving pretty much a little bit over the speed limit what your neighbor is doing. Yeah. But if you if you just step on your brakes and having people behind you, an accident's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember, uh, Anna Moxness was showing me, uh, I was at the free fly basic in Florida and they were having this, uh, like introduction to tracking. And then you can see some like, uh, freaky moments from, uh, tracking groups where people fall out of their group and try to come back. And that is, does not look like fun when people just like yeah. charge into the group. Yeah. Yeah. The, those are the times, uh, the, the freaky memories I have when things like that happens, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but in the day, like it's a risky sport and you just need to, uh, have the, these things in mind and, uh, do the best of the, like, uh, the, the jumps in a secured, 
at the most secure way as possible. Yeah. Do you have any yeah, like? Yeah. Uh, how do you like um, stay safe while you're skydiving? Do you have any like rules that you you have set for yourself? Uh, I mean, I have a bunch of rules, but like, it's not like I have a routine of them. It's just like they're just there. Yeah. You know, and like to depending on what kind of jumps you're doing. And where you put your people in, like you, you, first of all, like if I haven't been jumping with a group before, I kind of, uh, first of all, I ask a previous uh, organizer what he's been doing and like who, did anybody do anything weird on your jumps or uh, things like that? And then I trying to, uh, like I have a dialogue with the group first. Yeah. And asking them what they could do, like uh, if they could fly on their back and belly, or you know, like just to see what they they have for skills. And then I like kind of compose a jump for everybody to be feeling like like they're, they're uh, uh, what what do you call it? Like so, everybody are challenged, you yeah. know. Mm. But in a in a in a the most safe ways possible. Yeah. Nice. But how did you go from uh, from skydiving and in, into wingsuiting? Because you've been competing at a high level, in like uh, wingsuiting, right? I've seen you in Rebel Aces, among other things. Yeah. So how did you start get into wingsuiting? Was that a, like a natural progression, as you said? <sighs> Actually, I started. I did my first wingsuit jump in 2003 and uh, I did uh, at that time the wingsuits were not very fun like it was kind of slow yeah. like yeah, everybody was just plowing through the sky like yeah, pretty <laughs> much like yeah, delta tracking on your AFF course yeah so it wasn't like a really thrilling thing discipline to do yeah and then I started to uh when the new wingsuit wingsuits came up and like we, me and uh, Yoki, we started to uh, do some free flying in the wingsuits. And then uh, Alex, uh, he, uh, he was in the, the same time there too. And uh, Scott Plammer was there and uh, Carlos Pedro was there. And uh, we just like found this new thing where you could just do pretty much everything what you're doing in free fly, but in a wingsuit too. Yeah. It's just a lot more power. Yeah. So, um, I think that's when I felt like when, when the sensation of when you know, when you feel like you can start to dive and you can use those new wingsuits as fighter jets, pretty much you can, uh, dive and you can, uh, gain a lot of power and speed and you can flare and you can go upwards in the sky yeah. and meet zero G and everything gets quiet in the middle <laughs> of the sky. And then you can start dive again. And like, uh, that's, that's when I start to feel like, uh, Oh fuck that. This is, this is pretty cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that's uh, insane. The I don't know. Time, uh, the rebel aces came up to the chart and, uh, <clears throat> I got an invitation for it. Because uh, Luke Akins, he wanted to have people that he could trust. Like it was kind of like a new way of competition, like a for like a wingsuit cross. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, he wanted to have people that he could trust and to uh, minimize or like uh, taking away the chances of people getting hurt. Yeah. So um, and that's uh, when we did the Rebel Aces. Yeah. Which was uh, probably the most insane thing I've ever done in my life, to be honest. It's pretty intense. Like, you don't think about it when you're in the middle of it, but when you see the videos after, it's like, whoa, shit, did I do that? You know? <laughs> but okay, so take me take me through the Rebel Aces because that you jump from a helicopter and you're supposed to go through a course. Yeah, so we uh, we jump in from uh, uh, Huey helicopter, like the one they use in Vietnam War, yeah. or like the the old ones. Uh, it's a good uh, good helicopter with like a big one that it's not too. Uh, unstable when you jump up four people at the same time yeah uh, then they build up a course with other heli smaller helicopters with having pylons hanging underneath and uh, you have uh, tracking devices on your helmet and you have tracking devices or gps on the on the pylons yeah and you have like four or five different pylons before you enter the last one which is the goal yeah so, uh, and you can't be more than maximum, I think it was six feet. If you're closer than six feet from the pylon, you're disqualified. Because that, that, that like, uh, tells you that you're, you're pushing it too hard. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's too dangerous. So, uh, and you're taking, you're jumping off four people at the same time, and you just uh <laughs> Like it's been collision there too, pretty nasty ones. Yeah. No one that has hurt themselves badly, but like I had uh, Dukes, one really good wingsuit and base jumper. Uh, he collided with me not too hard, but like uh, he came from the side and like uh, hit my my knuckle yeah. with his ribs. So he broke three ribs or two ribs or whatever it was really? in, in mid-flight. Yeah. Shit. And uh, he, he came down like this. I just felt the bump. Like, and I didn't think too much about it. And then we landed. He was like, Petter, Petter, are you okay? You okay? Like, yeah. Like, oh, I think I'm hurt. <laughs> so he, like, he, he, broke, he broke three ribs. So wow. it, could, it could get nasty. Yeah. But, um, but the course... But it, it, was, uh, it was a pretty cool uh, competition. A good concept for sure. Yeah. Really... Uh, really uh, crowd friendly you see from the you can stand uh, on the ground and see because all the competitors have different color smoke yeah so you can see who's in the lead you know nice and you're just standing on the ground you're just like come on come on you know oh that's so cool but the the, yeah. the helicopters with the pylons are they going like are they hovering lower and lower and lower as you go yeah nice so we jump out from uh, uh six thousand feet and uh, the last uh, helicopter, like the last pylon is on, I don't know, like 3,000 feet to 2,500 feet or yeah. something. And you go with skydive rigs or base rigs? Skydive rigs. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. But you also got a pilot's, pilot's license not too long ago, eh? No, I don't, I don't have the license yet. Oh. I'm having, I have uh, um, 
student license. Oh yeah. So I, I can fly. I, I'm in. I, I'm indoors to fly to uh, certain airports by myself. Yeah. But I'm not allowed to just uh, take it and fly to California. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So but, what, uh, what's I'm, your plan I mean, with the? It's, it's still work in progress. Yeah. So what's your plan with the flying planes? Uh, mostly because I am I love flying, you know, and like uh, felt like it was kind of natural way to branch out to. Like I've been in the flying industry for twenty years. Yeah. So uh, feel feel like uh, why not going towards fixed fixed wing airplanes, you know? Yeah. And uh, just to uh, to uh, have the mobility, pretty much too, to like be able to uh, get to point A to B, like Birdway, you know, yeah. it's kind of nice. <laughs> and uh, I was having in, in mind to maybe uh, go towards a commercial path with it, but uh, now with the pandemic and stuff, like you kind of like put everything on ice at the moment. Yeah, it's not good so, business right now. I haven't now. been flying in a while now, to be honest. But uh, I'm, I want to. I have uh, my own airplane that I bought with a friend in Arizona. Rudolph, small Piper from '68. Rudolph. <laughs> but how do, how does that feel compared to all the other flying stuff you do, like getting in a small aircraft and flying by yourself from A to B? Oh, it's it's scary. <laughs> it's more. <laughs> It's more scary to fly uh, the plane than to jump uh, with a rig. You know? Yeah. You have... you feel, I feel like I have more, like in an airplane, you have the engine. If that fails, like, I mean, you can, you can land without an engine for sure, but that's what we do all the time in skydiving, but in a controlled area. Yeah. You know, if you're like out flying and you have no, feels or no outs you know and you're having an engine failure you're, you're like oh shit you know? <laughs> do you ever it's consider you putting on your rig off what what's that i said did you ever consider putting on your rig while flying i have i have but it's it's like it's pretty hard to open the door when you're in an airplane you know yeah. like uh the same way as you open, a, like try to open your door on on in your car on a highway. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty much the same, but worse. Yeah. So it's uh, it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah. But like it was kind of a, it was, I took my license or taking my license in Arizona, so uh, it has a, it's like I mean it's desert, so you have a lot of outs, so it's. Uh, it's not as scary as you, if you would be, uh, I don't know, upstate New York or something, mm. or like where the or like above New York, where there's like just houses everywhere. Like you have Hudson River. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People have landed <laughs> it before. Hudson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've, uh, I flew. I flew with a friend uh, up the Hudson River. Like uh, Sushi, he's a uh, he's a good friend of mine, a student. I uh, coached in the tunnel. He uh, invited me for uh, a flight uh, up Hudson River in the evening or in the nighttime. We flew past Manhattan. It was it was pretty sick. It was like a Christmas tree almost. Like it was uh, pretty awesome. But yeah. uh, I don't want to be. Uh, I don't. I don't want to have an engine failure there. You know. Uh, I think that'll uh, suck a little bit. <laughs> mm. 
But uh, do you do any like, um, because you have been, um, I remember you and Micah did these uh, live things uh, during these events. You had this, uh, that microphone connected to your... Oh, the uh, golden mic? Yeah, the golden mic. You still do those? Uh, I haven't done it in a while. Like, I think the last one I did was in at the base day in Gudvangen at the, ex- the last Extreme Sports Week. Yeah. Um, so I've been putting that on hold a little bit too. Like, uh, I guess I've been focusing on different things. Yeah. And it's quite exhausting too. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's more exhausting than you think. Like, a- after a day like that, just uh, doing live feed. Yeah. Like I'm so tired. Like uh, it's just like, <laughs> like uh, yeah. But you're you're really like, good it's, at it's it. It's fun. Like when you're in the zone and everything just uh, flows, you know. Like yeah. it's super fun, you know. And you're having good people that you talk to, and everybody's connected, and like blah 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 blah. Uh, those times are fun, but then also there's times when people are not that engaged, and you need to like bring out the engagement and yeah. that's the exhausting thing you yeah. know you should but, bring uh, it back to uh, bring it back to summer i'm gonna uh, pick it up next ex- extreme sport week yeah. we'll see yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see how this pandemic plays out for this summer but we're planning on doing the festival no matter what and uh the sports are happening but uh it depends yeah. on if we can go to the tent in the evening or if it's gonna be like concerts and stuff but fingers crossed Hopefully we'll know soon yeah. if if we can do it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are your plans for the for the coming years? Do you have any like uh, goals or th- stuff you want to accomplish? Yeah, I wanted to uh, like Yoki uh, Summer. He's down in uh, Nazare now in Portugal and uh, doing a lot of tow and surfing. And uh, I want I was supposed to go there this winter. And uh, join him for a couple of sessions there. But now I have, uh, as I said, the van that I need to, uh, I have deadline for May 1st. Yeah. So I need to, I need to get ready. I need to like do the van, like yeah. uh, put that in first place. So I, uh, the big wave surfing and towing surfing is a little bit on hold, but that is something that I, I want to put more time into. Yeah. Have you done it a and lot doing before? Some more surf trips as well. Yeah. Have you done a lot of big wave surfing before? I mean, not too much. Uh, did a little, as like, I mean, some. I've been in Nassare a couple of times and uh, did uh, my first towing in uh, Hawaii in uh, like five years ago, six years, five years ago. Uh, Dave, um, Dave McNamara. Uh, he uh, told my uh, uh, he told me no Garrett sorry Garrett McNamara yeah he told uh, uh, me on my first wave in Hawaii I think I've seen that is that from the um, Living the Dream series yeah yeah that's that was no, yeah that, that was my first towing wave I was scared as shit like uh-huh. I was lying I was lying in the water it's like what the fuck am I doing you know. <laughs> But it, it was it wasn't too bad. Like yeah, the thing is, like when you when you're doing ordinary like yeah, paddling to wave surfing, the waves are so much bigger because you're like on the bottom lying on your board. Yeah. But as soon as you're up on the wave, it's not that bad. It's like almost riding a snowboard. Really? 
chasing by an avalanche pretty much <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah no that was uh, that was uh that was a fun little series. are you gonna do uh more of that series living the dream with alex and the guys uh, maybe we'll see like uh the boys now like yoki and alex they uh, they're having this uh uh team called uh, team uprising yeah. that they are going full on with so we'll see in the future when they have time to uh, do things like that it would be cool to do like a uh, a recap of living the dream for sure yeah i kind of enjoyed those uh, series it was, it was super fun like we had a lot of good times yeah i think it's cool that you guys do like a lot of different stuff like some things is like free for the world and some is like uprising and when you do like project stuff like that and make things happen i think that is uh, really inspiring for a lot of people even no matter no matter like the um, the ambition level level or the, or the quality i think don't think that matters that much but just like going out and doing something and just like having fun and also showing the world i think that's uh mm -hmm. that's really cool and i really think you should do more of that yeah okay all right yeah i'm gonna take it to me i'm gonna yeah. try to should do like uh pata goes to norway series <laughs> i think that would be cool just like yeah just like um a base jumper's guide to Norway, just like uh, going to all the known spots, opening another bunch of new spots, and like it's like it's uh it's a cool. How's base jumping in Sweden, by the way? Is there any? I mean, we don't have any mountains here. I mean, we have some small ones, but not as Norway. Yeah. So like, uh, it's just more antennas and uh, and windmills here. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm not into the low stuff. I, I kind of like the the higher stuff where you can fly. You yeah, know, I'm into flying. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So uh, like, it's not much to uh, to jump from here except for those things. Yeah. I bet uh, Danish Danish base jumping is like uh, how low can you go? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. How 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 high is it? Low the highest mountain in Dan Denmark is like eighty meters or something like that. Yeah, probably. It's not somewhere, high. Somewhere, uh, lime cliff somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. But I saw you, uh, you, you, and uh, what's his name? Is it the guy from Solsidan? Is it William? You uh, guys, Felix. Yeah, yeah, Felix. You guys made the most epic uh, skydiving suits ever. Oh yeah, for yeah. So I I, I convinced him to uh, to uh, participate in the, in the nationals in tunnel flying in Sweden. Yeah. So uh, and we wanted to uh, make a fun thing with it, you know. So we we got the suits printed as uh, like it looked like you had a bare top, yeah, like really muscular, and uh, just jeans on and like a lot of tattoos, you know. Oh man. I couldn't believe it at first. I was like, is this serious? Yeah, it is serious. And it's so much fun, man. It, it was weird, man. Like, it's like, it felt like you were naked. <laughs> like, if, like, you really felt you were like, didn't have any clothes on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, oh yeah, it was super funny. Like, uh, it was, it was hard to keep focus. Like, when, when we were like walking in the lines. <laughs> And he was like just playing all serious, you know, and like walking with that suit. He's just like, oh man, like. Oh, uh, but how did how did it go? Is he a is he a skydiver as well, or did he just like 
start flying with you or what, what was his thing? Yeah, he, he was, uh, he came to the tunnel when they opened in 2015. Uh, and he flew with me uh, for the first time, him and his family. And then I asked and I told him like, cause he came back one time and I told him like, if you want to fly more, you could join my camps, you know, like uh, I'm here every now and then to, uh, and coach to coach. Yeah. So he, uh, he's been flying with me pretty much ever since, except for this year, this past year, because of the pandemic and yeah. stuff. He has some, cause he, he's a producer for these TV series, yeah. series in Sweden. So he, um, so, uh, he, he has the, like a hard time to put, like get the crew together with all Corona, like some, yeah. Some guy gets Corona and here and there, you know, so like he hasn't been flying very much this year, but hopefully he's going to take it up soon. Like we, we've been talking a little bit. He, he's, uh, he's quite excited to get back into it. Yeah. Seems like a fun guy too. <laughs> he's super funny. <laughs> All right. So what else, what else is on your plate now, um, the coming year? Uh, now on uh, Friday, this Friday, I'm, I'm leaving for New York. I'm going there for a week for coaching. Yeah. And, uh, in the tunnel there, I'm going like, uh, I'm usually in New York, like three, four times a year coaching in Westchester tunnel. Yeah. And, um, after that, I'm going to Florida to participate in flight for life camp. Mm. It's my, uh, Venezuelan friends that are throwing those camps in the land like yeah. two times a year. So I'm always, always there and, uh, having a good time with the guys. Nice. And, uh, so I'm doing that for two weeks after New York, then I'm uh, going back home and, uh, trying to finish up the van, <laughs> you know? Nice. And then it's like, uh, it's May and it's like, uh, closing up to summertime and, uh, having all the events during the summer too. Yeah. I have a couple of things going on in Stockholm and the Vesteros this yeah. way, this summer. And, uh, I'm planning on the, like we, we have, we were a couple of friends that went up to, uh, to Lufoten last yeah. summer, me and Hege and, uh, Hege that does the, or did the base days in Gudvangen before. Yeah. And, uh, Christian Sully. And his wife, uh, Katrina, yeah. we went up to Lufote. It was the most insane uh, trip I ever done. Like, yeah, I, I, I love Northern Norway. I need to go back. It yeah. was like, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it is. Insane. I was just in, uh, just outside Buda for a week. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. We went swimming on the beach. No, it's, it's like it hurts. Yeah. It's like you get religious when you see it almost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was snow on the beach and then it was sunny. So it was just like snow, beach, water. And we went swimming and it wasn't even cold. It was like so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's super. And the water is like, yeah, it feel, feels like you're in the Mediterranean. It's so crystal blue water. Yeah. Like, yeah, so clean. And uh, yeah, we, I had a, <laughs> me and Christian, we had almost an incident last year. We went to Unstad Beach, the famous surf beach yeah. up in Lufoten. And uh, we had our uh, stand-up paddle boards with us, so we just paddled up to the lineup because I wanted to get the shot, you know. It was yeah. quite decent waves, you know, like, I mean, head high maybe. Yeah. And uh, just paddle like, like I had, it was super warm too. Like it was probably like 22, 23 degrees outside. So I was just in my board shorts and the water temperature is like 
12. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> super cold water. People in the line at surfing, they have like five, six mil wetsuits. Yeah. And we, we're there with our board shorts, just like la la la, paddling our standard paddle boards. Okay, I need to take the shot, I need to get the shot. So let's paddle like closer to the lineup. And then this set just came in. It's like, <laughs> no. It's like uh, just like, this bad, big, badass paddle board with uh, no wetsuit and just like panicking, trying to like paddle like across the wave, the, like the breaking. Yeah. Okay, we we barely made it, but it was it was quite it was quite <laughs> intense. It was funny. Nice. So yeah. I I have to ask you because I heard that you were flying with uh, the Gracie Jiu Jitsu guys. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Are they good at flying? I'm actually staying with the Igor now when I'm going to New York. Are you? I stay stay with him last time too. Nice. That's so cool. I started training Jiu Jitsu like two years ago. And, uh, oh, cool. yeah. And I was like, how small is the world? I'm following you and you're flying in the tunnel and suddenly you're like coaching those guys. I'm like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's such a small world. Yeah. You Paul get is one of the, the older, the older brother. Like he, he's so big. Like he's so, he's massive, yeah. you know? So like <laughs> he, it's, uh, he, it's almost like a, he can reach from one wall to the other where in the tunnel, like he's <laughs> huge. And I'm like, coaching head down with him it's like i feel so intimidated it's like whoa you know but yeah. he, he's like uh, the biggest teddy bear there is like he's uh, he's awesome yeah and igor too like yeah he looks like he's uh the most dangerous guy in the world but he's super humble and super kind yeah like uh we're really good friends yeah while still being one of the most dangerous guys in the world <laughs> yeah probably, probably yeah are there are there skydiving too yeah I'm going to meet Hollis now in, uh, in the land. He's going to go there at the camp that I'm organizing. Nice. And um, what about Angle Week? Are you still uh, making those in Sweden? Uh, no, it's uh, uh, not. Last, last year was like the pandemic year. So it was like a little bit up and down. And I, I couldn't participate last year because of my mom had some stuff. Like she, she was... Uh, uh, she needed to have some help in her backyard and stuff, and because yep. uh, she she's been sick a little bit, so I just choose to go to her. And this year it's like a little bit uncertain because of the pandemic too. It's like it's hard to plan something when yeah. you don't really know what's gonna happen, you know. Mm. And I'm I'm not the organizer of the event. I'm just an organizer, like At jump organizer. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not like the event organizer, so I'm just looking what's going to happen here but uh i think it's gonna be on hold this year too i yeah. think i see all right pat it was nice talking to you we almost went an hour now so um, uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we um before we end this podcast uh no yeah like i'm i'm, I'm super stoked that uh extreme sport week is going to happen no matter how many people it's going to be I'm uh, looking forward to uh, be there and see you and uh, to fly with you in the tunnel. Finally, maybe I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm yeah, flying with uh, I'm flying with Bart and Eric Flivas now. So I'm trying to like uh, pick up my skills. I'm gonna fly a bunch of hours before the season starts. But nice. uh, yeah, we should fly in the fly do some foxy jumps too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Teach me some of that. Oh, I look uh, forward to get to Voss again and to. Uh, 
see all my friends pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever consider moving to uh, to Vos? It crossed my mind several times. <laughs> well, we'll see. Like I'm actually, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm not gonna say too much, but uh, we'll see. Like uh, I have a, my a big chunk of my heart is in Vos for sure. Nice. All right. I'll I'll hope that plays out. Yeah, me too. All right, Pata, where can people find you if they want to follow your uh, your journey? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. I haven't been too active on my Instagram account lately. I've just been taking a little bit break. Yeah. Figure things out. Like, uh, But I'm going to start posting a little bit of the van build I'm doing and uh, continue now when I'm in New York and... Uh, yeah, give you like a what's up in there and uh, and in the land at Fight for Life camp. But like mostly on my Instagram, Peter Mazetta. Nice. You can find me and uh, see what I'm up to. Sweet. All right, Peter. Thank you for your time. And I'll see you this summer at Veco. Awesome. All thank right. you, Andreas. Bye. Peace out. Bye. All right, Peter. Yeah, Delphine, eh? Super bra. Og vi, vi fikk det til. Jo, takk det samme. Gøy å høre, gøy å høre litt av historien din.